Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Everlasting King of Kings, send forth your spirit in a mighty way into our hearts, even as we have appeared before you in Zion. May we be empowered by the availing of your spirit. May our spirit receive nourishment, feed us as you feed adults, not as babes. Give us the meat of your word. Give us the bone of your word that we may grow thereby. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Please do have your seats. What a blessing. Um, Pastor Edwin, please. Amen. I think that tulips need um, a dancing consultant. <laughs> you all agree. I think you all agree. They need a dancing consultant. Whatever they were doing, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, they could even have adopted one dance. There's this dance that is part of the repertoire of the dancing stars where I don't know if the leg comes for it, then they just do this. <laughs> you know that dance? At least they, that, that one would have fitted. God with us, let's go. <laughs> Tulips, come. All of you, come. <laughs> hey, pick the mic. Let's go. go. Go behind. Line yourselves. You know the move, right? You know that dance? Yes. You see, I'm a dance consultant. See the song. Watch the dance consultant. what 
Sound the humanity. We'll show you how to do this. Don't worry. Yet without sin, God with us, so close to us, God with us, Emmanuel. What a consultant! God with us, so close to us, God with us, Emmanuel. So close to us, God with us, Emmanuel. God with us, so close to us, God with us, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. One of my dearest. Don't be proud. Follow the consultant. Suffering injustice. Yet he forgave. to know how to play football to be a coach. You understand? So in my head, that's the move that at least at, is suited the song. As for the other one they were doing, <laughs> you get the point now? Yeah, so every now and then, just ask, eh, we need a dancing star here at our rehearsals. Will this do for us? Then the consultant will say, okay, yeah, let's, this won't do. Let's do this. Get a point now. I think that move is better. Not because it came from me, but because it's the truth. 
And we have given us a choir to lead. They even want to tell us what dance we should dance. <laughs> but your own dance wasn't good. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so I, I think at least that dance is better. All right? All right, so uh, my sons, I want to round up, round up on that. And uh, today's message which is still part of my son, is titled Building with Sons, which is still part of my sons. How so? What are sons meant for? My son, my son, my son, don't do this. My son, look in this direction. My son, do that. My son, Avoid that. All of that to what purpose? Amen? Amen, church? To what purpose? The principle is set out clearly in the scriptures. Amen? And I believe that It is a principle every one of us has to apply. If you are a pioneer, a pace setter, if you are a progeny of something, or you're going to lead in doing something that has never existed before, I implore you to... Apply the biblical principle. Pastor Edu, there's a, there's a funny noise around here. In building anything you want to build, apply it in business, apply, and more so apply in the building of the church. Are you listening? And that is the principle to only build with sons. Always build with sons. Matthew 21. Let's go there first. Matthew 21. And we can read from the verse um, 28. Matthew 21, 28. Let's jump straight out to the NLT, please. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons... What did he have? Two sons. He didn't have laborers. He had two sons. He didn't have paid workers. He had two sons. That's all he had with him. The older boy 
with two sons told the older boy, say boy. The NLT uses modern contemporary English. Yeah, so that's why he's saying boy. It's contemporary. Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. That's what he's telling his firstborn son. This principle I'm teaching is in the Bible. You can choose to toy with it. But if you ask me what is the biggest lesson I have learned as a missionary, I would tell you it is the lesson that I attempted attempted to build something important to God without sons. I have tried building something disimportant for God with people that were hungry. They were not sons. With people that were stuck. They were not sons. With people that had no future. And so they Revealing that they can become something was their hope. My mistake was attempting to build something this important for God with housewives who saw the ministry as wow. So I can also not sons. I, I, I hope to God you're listening. Attempting to build this all-important thing, which of course God is interested in. The only thing God is interested in is the building of his church. He is not building hospitals. He's not building roads. He's not building, um, um, how do you call it? He's not building... Nations, he's building his church. To attempt to build it with people that were unemployed was a mistake. Not sons. You see, you can be unemployed but a son. So those of you interested in twisting the message, listen carefully. You can be unemployed but you are what? A son. You are even far better than an employed person who is not a son. Are you listening? If you ask me, I will say to you, my greatest mistake is having people around who needed my help more than they were willing to help what God wanted to build with me. So, I've over the years had people who were more hooked on what they can get out from me than what God was building with me. My greatest mistake. If I've had to look into the scriptures and see this principle, 
And I'm sharing it with you. If you love the church, you're not going to be offended by what I'm saying. (laughs) But if you're not a son, every little thing offends you. I mean, if you're going to grow old with your father, how many offenses are you going to gather and store up? Come on now. I mean, like how many offenses... Even your father going to the toilet when you wanted to will offend you. Meanwhile, if you are a true son, you're going to say, Daddy needed a place first. It doesn't become a source of offense to you. I'm asking you, how many offenses are you going to collect? What is my biggest mistake? Attempting to build This all important thing with people who were so easily offended. And some of you are seated here, you're so, so easily offended. First of all, you won't do the right thing. Then you turn around to get offended. And if you will look at it, you've not done the right thing. If you ask me, this, the Bible is like a mirror. That's what the Bible is. One of the things you can equate the Bible with is that of a mirror. You look into the mirror. That's why when James was talking about it, he says that the one who reads the word of God, and forgets he's like one who looks into the mirror to see his image and when he walks away he forgets how he looks like you check out yourself in the mirror well I I don't look that bad then when you walk away from the mirror you're like how was I looking what was I even wearing did I look was the mirror, mirror telling me that did I really look nice? So you forget how you looked when you looked into the mirror. So he describes it as the perfect law of liberty. Are you listening to me? So I have attempted to build something with people who didn't care anything about the real purpose. Now, what do you think brought me to Kenya? Why did I leave my home country to come here? Do you understand? The people who gathered around this church didn't consider that. What was important to me? What have I been on about for many years? So, now you have collected a group of people to build something with who had no idea that this is so important. So, if you are hearing what I'm teaching, I am not offending you like I'm trying to offend you. 
I'm showing you a biblical principle. Do you understand? That you fed a hungry man walking by your house or who sat at your gate and was hungry and weak and almost to the point of death. That feeding doesn't make that man your son. To be a son is different. This person was fatigued or exhausted and sat at your gate. Preadventure as you are entering, he begged for food or begged for water, which of course, being a Christian, you obliged and offered him. The Bible says we should be hospitable. So you gave him bread, you gave him water, or you gave him a glass of milk. It doesn't make this person your son. In fact, if at that moment of eating the bread and drinking the glass of milk, he calls you daddy, it's a lie. It's about to get hot. I said, if whilst he's eating the bread, Eh? and he's drinking the milk, he calls you daddy, it's a lie. In fact, if you are bold like me, collect back your bread and collect back your milk. Bread and milk doesn't make somebody your son overnight. So there were people that called me daddy while eating my bread and drinking my glass of milk. And I was foolish to think that perhaps they meant the daddy as they were drinking the glass of milk. Yes. And sometimes a glass of milk is just encouragement. Yeah. There were people who had no sense of direction in their lives. When they came to the church, no sense of direction. So you see, you may be thinking that because you are offering direction and the person is saying, Daddy, you say I should go to the West. That the person is a daughter or a son is not true. People are more hooked on their personal benefits than they are on the bigger thing, which is the building of the church. Hmm. Yes. Is the reason somebody can get a job and leave the church? Because my benefit has come. What more are you talking about? How about now, you also, who couldn't pay tithe? Now, God has made it and supplied for you to also help in the building of the church. I'm telling you that people are more hooked on their personal benefit than they are on the bigger picture of the building of the church. That is why you cannot build with just anybody. They truly must be sons at heart. (laughs) 
if God looks down from heaven and looks at all of you, I, I'm, I'm objectifying, I'm not part. I'm not part. He looks at all of you. If your mother and father is dead, you're also not part. You get a point now? If your, your mother and your father is dead, you're not part. You are on my side. All right? If, if God looks up from above and looks at how much of your money your father eats or your mother eats, some of you will not qualify to be called sons. I'm talking about the person who fed you, clothed you, right? Right now, a strange boy takes more from your salary than your mother. You too, you can point your hand at that woman and say, my mother. That's why some of you, your, your struggles are so real. Your struggles are so real. A boy eats half of your salary without stress. A girl is eating your money more than your mother. I'm a jam and I'm stuck on the subject. So if God looks above and watches some of you, you don't even, in fact, you are a disgrace. Wait, pastor, what are you talking? I'm not talking about your wife and you don't have one. And I'm not talking about your husband. Some of you don't have any. You see, so all the period you are without a wife, your preoccupation should be your father or your mother. The when you get a wife, now, and I'm not talking about come we stay. That nonsense you do around here. Some of you, you walk around like you're a macho boy. You only have a useless girl in your room. Not a wife. <laughs> Today is the last part of the message, so it's going to be hot. Yes. <laughs> you are housing a homeless girl and you are calling her a wife. She's homeless. Because some of those girls, if they had to make another choice, they won't choose you. It's hot. You are housing a homeless girl. That's all you are doing. That is in a wife. She's homeless. Pastor. Who is a wife? A wife is the one you have paid dowry for. And have brought before God. And separated from all others. That is a wife. Not come we stay. your house. Listen, you are, you are a nice man. Oh. You are a nice young man. You are a nice young man. Yeah, You are helping the government to take care of the homeless. You are very nice. <laughs> I mean, you are providing shelter for the homeless. You are a very nice uh, young man. Yes. And we thank God for your, your niceness. Yes. That's all you are. <laughs> You, you are part of the humanitarian aid. 
You get the point now. Yeah, you are helping with the homeless, the shelterless. You are helping the government of Kenya to provide shelter. That's all you're doing. <laughs> I said that's all you're doing. Yeah, and we thank God for your life. But if it comes to a wife, that's a different matter. You are with a girl whose father you've not met. Whose mother you've not met. If she's sick at the point of death and the doctor says, go and tell her family. You don't know the direction. Am I teaching or I'm not teaching? That's what you're going to call a wife. That's no wife. You... The, the, the doctor is better off telling you, oh, tell the, go and tell the homeless girl's family. Eh? Go and tell this homeless girl's family. You get a point now. That is no marriage. Hmm. It's hot here. I'm a jam. <laughs> what was I going before I came to this point? I was going somewhere. If he looks down now, some of you, that's why he hasn't blessed you. Your blessings will not affect your mother. Your blessings will not affect your father. It will not. I I don't know how some of you are raised up around here, but I see so much disaffection disconnect towards parent. Some of you, a parent, a father or a mother is someone who brought you into the world. Yeah, yeah. You've walked away like a snake. Yeah, you've, you've just, you came out, you, you've crawled away because that's how snakes behave. The day almost every other animal at birth, they are nurtured. Just like the human um, race. You know, a woman gives birth, she carries the baby, she breastfeeds the baby. The, even the wildebeest does that. Protects this calf from the attacks of lions, tigers, all the wild animals there. Even the mad, you can see motherliness in some creatures. You don't see that in um, snakes. Once the snake hatches, it just goes away and starts its life. Majority of you live that way. Like you have no recourse to a father, a mother, um, 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 no recourse to a family. It's like some of you are here in Nairobi. Nobody knows where you are. Why did you come to this church? I've told you that there are many churches. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it is wrong. Something is fundamentally wrong with you. If my mother did not die when I was in second year um, in the university, I wouldn't even have thought of marrying. One of the fundamental reasons I married was the absence of my mother. 
If my mother was alive, I would, it wouldn't be the first thing on my mind. The first thing on my mind will be finishing school. So I can get a good job. So I can take care of my mother. That would have been the only thing on my mind. In fact, I dare say, I may not even have been in the ministry full time. I dare say. Because once I watched my mother suffer, I had it in my heart that I would get a good job and make her suffering go away. Some of you, once you see your parents suffer, it never educated you on anything. In fact, the suffering of your parents has never endeared them to you. You ask foolish questions like, while your schoolmates were, where were you, daddy? Instead of acknowledging the suffering and the price your poor mother has paid for you, it hasn't hasn't even made her like affectionate in your eyes. Right now, you are a buttocks and a breast and a lips to kiss and a free vagina your mother is useless to you if you like get out how many doors are here one two three four walk through all because i'm telling you the truth if at any point you have money and your mother has to call you to ask you before you send you are a disgrace Meanwhile, when you sit down, you say, oh, you remember? Oh, I've not given, I've not given, who's which boy's name? I've not given Kelvin any money. (laughs) (laughs) And I have 5,000 on my M-Pesa. Charlie, let me give brother Kelvin 2,000. He didn't even ask you. Yeah, Kelvin is a god in your life now. You are paying your 20% tithe. <laughs> are you listening to me, Adol? I'm saying if God should look down, if he looks down on the relationship between some, you are not worthy to even be called a son. Some of you only think of being prosperous and doing well. You're thinking in regards to how you can splash the money on girls. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know? And that's why you don't see so many young men blessed in and around here. The environment some of us grew in, a young man will take a risk. The risk at making money, not because of a girl, but because of the home he's coming from. If you ask some bad, bad people, at least where I come from, why did you go 
and join armed robbers. He will say, my family, my mother was suffering. My, then they will say, my younger ones. Some of you have younger ones. Do you understand? You have what? You say, my younger ones. Like, well, I don't prescribe to justifying bad things um, by the reason that, oh, my mother, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just telling you that ideally, this is why many of them would do something bad. He would think of his mother. He's not even thinking of a girl. Some of you, it's like when you came out of your mother's womb, instantly you ask your mother, where's my wife? It's like your existence is hooked on this one thing. Yet, you have been birthed into a family and you have a responsibility towards your family. And that's the same thing that you are doing. Some of you have been birthed into a spiritual family, the church, but you have no sense of responsibility towards the church in the same way that you have no sense of responsibility towards the family you come from. So seeing you behave the way you behave in the church is not surprising. Because if Mamayako doesn't mean anything to you. Is it the church that just led you and you raise your hand and you said, my name is, today I receive you Lord Jesus into my heart. Is it that one you'll be bothered about? No. If the woman that suffered. The church is quiet. Actually, I admire the quietness. Because I can hear the message clearly. You, you get the point? I can hear the message clearly. Yes. So this lack of responsibility also permeates in the church. That's why teaching my son, I took you all the way. I, we read Philemon. How he was, Paul was telling him, I, I don't even want to remind you that you even owe me your very life. <laughs> Are you following? Huh? That's why a church that only gives miracles has no stable membership. You see that if you go to the church today and you hold a card, <laughs> you get the point. And they pray for you. And you go back after two months. You see a different set of church members seated there. Then you hold a card again after two months. If you go after three months, you see a different crop of people. But we're talking about a church that is connected to your heart. And is on the tablets of your heart. And you owe the church somewhat something. Just like I'm telling you that you somewhat owes your mother something. And you owe your father something. If you're going to marry a sister and she shows you the least inclination of not liking your mother. And you marry her. 
you are you are a foolish son. Like you're gonna marry this young lady, and just by some mistake, she shows you, or you can pick up that she doesn't like your mother. Then you, because of love, one thing, thing. You start justifying, well, you know, Rose isn't going to live with my mother. She's going to live with me. Hmm. It's not my mother she's married. Who told you? You marry into a family. That's why some of you can marry and your father doesn't know. Your mother doesn't know. Because you lack the understanding that you marry into a family. Some of you are here, you are married with a a child. Your mother doesn't even know. Uh, Did I say marry? (laughs) You are cohabiting with a child. Your father doesn't even know. (laughs) That is why the family setup is very important. Yes. My daughter will never marry away from my house. And I'm not talking about that nonsense where the girls are away, you know. They've been living in Nairobi for God knows how long. They have their own house. Papa, papa is in Nairobi. Daughter is in Nairobi. But Papa is living in South B. Daughter is living in uh, Siokimau. Do you understand? Then the day of the marriage, then they pretend like this is her house. Have you seen what I'm talking about? They pretend like the papa's house is where she lives. I, I don't believe in that nonsense. My daughter is going to grow in my house. If she finishes university, she's still going to have a room in my house. You see, I don't want to lie when you're coming to marry, that, like you're, you're marrying her from my house. Charlie, the girl has been living in Shokimau. You have been going with her to have sex in Shokimau. Who is fooling who? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm making sense to you. Yeah. I must walk to her room after she's married and then I feel the emptiness in my heart. You mean truly someone has come for my girl? Not this one that departed 10 years ago. (laughs) Comes to visit at Christmas. Am I making sense? And then when is the day of the marriage, then we are all pretending like, oh, they married her from the father's house. The girl is a landlady at Siokimau. I'm talking to somebody here. So I'm just establishing the fact that the relationship, do you understand, should be real. It should be real. And it's only real in terms of the the responsibility and care that is transacted between the parties. As I don't believe that you owe any girl any money you have not married. You don't owe her any money. I don't, that's why I believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You don't owe her. The only thing, her, 
listen, if you like, read your Bible well. The Bible says, owe no man anything except love. The only thing you owe that girl is love. The day you properly marry her, then now you owe her food. Then you, you owe her air time. Then you owe her hair. You owe her something. But till then, owe no man anything except love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know what some of you sisters are doing. So let him come to me with that nonsense. Yes. And, and I know what I'll tell him. <laughs> some of you brothers, if after this teaching you go to ask for sex, they'll tell you, go and have sex with apostles. He's the one telling you, you don't owe me anything. Go and let the apostle give you. <laughs> if I was you. <laughs> Are you listening? Yeah. Because the relationship is legitimized by that transaction. Yes. You know, she, my mother just gave birth to me, that's all. No. The relationship is legit, sustained and legitimized by that exchange. I wouldn't have married. If my mother was a... I mean, I, I'm sure by now is when they will be forcing me. Hmm? Why are you not marrying? Uh, why are you not married? Where's your wife? She, she, she will not be the one say, I want to carry my grandchildren. Some of you, your mother didn't ask for grandchildren. You have given her one by force. The things I've seen in this city, some have even shameless. They take their picking abolos, go and dump it on a helpless woman in the village and will not so much as even send money so their mother takes care of their picking abolos. It's hot. You see a woman who took care of a useless son now taking care of another useless grandchild who behaved like exactly like the father when he grows up. I should go to my son. I'm I'm on my son. Imagine. Eh? All these. And you see, the system is messed up around here. Messed up around here. Where I come from, I can tell you for sure. My mother can walk, walk back into my house and sack any girl she, she finds there. Not just my mother. If my auntie my mother is not, my auntie can literally walk into my, and say, who is this one? Because according to her, she, does, she has no knowledge that you have married. So who is this one? Excuse me, I want to talk to my son. Get out. You see, that, that should tell you how you're, 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 you have no grounds. Can you leave us? I want to, but if he's a wife, she cannot just order you out. Am I talking to somebody here? 
So those of you who so have started from the natural, your mother, your father. White man, are you listening to me? It's when they are like this, then their mothers are suffering. No girl is interested in this boy. Mother will suffer, suffer. Then this one will appear somewhere in university. Then another girl captures his heart. Then, now you see he comes home and then talks anyhow to, now die be that. Uh, let's talk about shareholding. Mm? Let's talk about shareholding. You see, like now, the country is a sharehold, is for shareholders, right? Who should have more shares over your money, your mother or your girlfriend? Why do I you listen? Yes. And I've made it very clear to you, that is why you need to marry somebody who loves your mother. And she needs to marry somebody who loves her family as well. So now, when it comes to family dynamics, you see that your wife is the one fighting. Have you sent mommy something this month? Not the one that says, have you sent my mother the money she asked for? Some of you will be unfortunate to marry that kind. Have you sent my, my mother was requesting for, and what betides you if she gets to know that you didn't send her mother the money, you sent your mother a little money. Then in the night, when you touch her, it says, please don't touch me. I don't know how come my money not going to your mother has affected your duties. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, what kind of connections are you making? <laughs> I mean, what kind of connections are these ones now? I'm talking to somebody here. And one of the things you should watch out for, since some of you are living in the 2020s, is how that a lot of modern girls have no time for intimate connections with parents. The girl is not even connected to her parent. Is he your mother? She's coming to laugh and dote on. No. She's going to be bold and tell you, you relate with your mother. I'll relate with you. And relate to her through you. I'm teaching. Yeah. Do you get it? So the relationship, and that's why this man could tell the son, Go out and work in the vineyard today. Today I can't point to just anybody in the church and says do evangelism this week. The vineyard is the church. You say, but I'm not pastor so so and so. And the other day you took the title, the shepherd away from me. Because you see, though they were shepherds, they were not sons. So what this church needs more than title holders are sons. I'm going to say, since you're pretending you didn't hear 
what I said. I said this church needs sons more than it needs title holders. Because you can tell a son, go and work in the vineyard today. We'll betide you if you call your worker on Sunday. Oh, today is family day. Today is me and my family. Yeah. When you come to the church and you, you, you meet those who are not sons or so, they, they speak like that towards the church. Is anybody listening? Verse 29. Let's go. Flow with me here. The son answered, no, I won't go. But, he la- but later, he changed his mind and went anyway. That's the first son. Terry. Then the father told the other son, you go. So the reason the father, first of all, let's establish this. The father needed somebody to work in the vineyard today. Since the first son said no. The only reason he came to the second son was because of the open no of the first son. Watch this. Watch this. He wouldn't have gone to the second son had the first son said yes. Why? Because he needed somebody to just work from the family in the vineyard today. But the first son was brutally honest. Daddy, watch out in Kwambia. I, eh, Siendi, Leo Nimechoka, Siendi, Asante Sana. Right? So the father felt obliged to ask, of of course, he has another son. That's the beauty of having many sons. If this one will not go, this one will go, that one will go. So he now comes to the second and he says, go and work in the vineyard. You go. So you see, the NLT makes it clear. Then the father told the other son, you go. So you see, he didn't repeat, go and work in the vineyard again. He says, you go. That is because whilst the father was talking to the first son, the second son was there. And he also heard the refusal of the, his senior brother that he wouldn't go. So the father only said, you go. That's because he knows where the father was sending him. You go. If he wasn't there, he has to ask the father, go where? Go where? But he knew where he was being sent, right? Now, the beautiful thing, if I look into this scripture, is that many of us are not like the first son. We are pretentious. We are deceptive. We are liars. 
Even though you knew you wouldn't do it, you pretend. Go and work in the vineyard. Why not? What time is it? Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Time no day. Time no day. Huh? It is a great thing to serve the Lord. You have all the mantras, but deep down, you had no inclination to go and do the work. So, if a father follows such a son, he will not come to the second son. Follow me. And say, go, you now go. Right? Because in his mind, the first boy is going. In fact, the young man, even if you say he was a rude boy, he's better than you. I'm going to say it again. If you say, how can he tell the father, how can he tell the father no like that? He's better than you. In fact, one zillion times better than you. You are the one who says what you don't mean and you don't mean what you say. This son told the father no. In case you have another plan, I've told you no. You can implement it. You are more like the second son than you are the first son. What are you? Yes, sir. I will. Yes, sir. There are people here who say, yes, sir. I will. In fact, they even tell God. When God says, come, get saved. Yes, sir. I will. When they leave church, they are like, what did I just do in there? Charlie, let me go back to my smoking of bangi. Yeah, they said, yes, sir, I will. But they never meant it. The most dangerous person you can deal with is somebody who is saying one thing and he's meaning the other thing. It's hot here. Many of you are masters of saying one thing and doing the opposite. Oh, we are here to Kopamoja. Meanwhile, you don't mean to Kopamoja. We'll die together is a lie. You have just learned some mantras. You are trying to practice. We'll die together. You'll die, I'll come and bury you. Or I will die and you come and bury me. Yeah, you have learned all the language that makes you acceptable in an environment, but truly, you never mean anything you say. And may I tell you this? God is first going to look at your motive, not your words. So whilst you're saying yes with your mouth, was your heart saying no? While you were saying no with your mouth, was your heart saying yes? God is going to look at your heart. And I can tell you, brothers and sisters, that your heart speaks more than you can ever imagine. Your heart is always talking. In fact, I dare say more than your mouth. Yeah? Because when you're not even speaking, 
truly, you're speaking. Your heart is talking. Some of you right now, you are not insulting me. If I look at your mouth, your mouth is closed. But your heart is saying, eh, you, 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 you. Every day you come and say this. Eh? Like now, if I had brought my come with stay girlfriend, that's how you just destroy everything I've used two years to build. <laughs> that's why they don't bring them to this church. Many, you see brothers come and go. Brothers, they look very single. Don't be deceived. They are occupied. They look so single. You'll be, you'll be deceived. I said they look so single. If you are looking for a definition of single, you'll point to a particular brother. He's a lie. It's a lie. By reason of what I teach, they cannot carry their baggages from the house and come to church with them. Yeah. So, like right now, their chapati is being cooked. Right now, they can endure me for one more hour. But that thing that they will bring that come we stay and I use my teachings to destroy. Watch Aikai, Apostle, I'll be coming. Yeah, I'll be coming, Apostle, I'll be, I'll be coming. I'll, I'll be coming. Yeah, so that some brothers have not shown you where they live because there's somebody already occupying. And I don't care whether they sing in the choir. I don't care whether they are in the film stars or dancing stars or lips, they are fully occupied. The day you get to know where they live, there will be wahala. Any brother here who has been in the church for so long eh, and we cannot just get up. Mandela is sick. Let's go and visit Mandela. We enter the house. Such a brother is fully occupied. Eh, eh, Airbnb is how they call it. Airbnb. Yeah, the brother is Airbnb. Yes. A lot of the brothers in the church are Airbnb brothers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. hey, if as we speak, the brother has been in the choir for two years, none of you know where he lives. And you cannot just visit him. I'm telling you, you go and check. The brother is fully occupied. <laughs> hey, such brothers, when you close church, they are, they are very patient. Such brothers, when you close church, they are wametulia. Yes. They are not in a hurry. Yeah, at least you see which bus they took, which direction they are going. But you are in a hurry, so they'll, they'll just relax. Or that they are the first to hit out, disappear in the hood, and appear wherever they are going, like Elijah. Yes. Either they are to leer, everybody goes. Have you not noticed there's one brother, you have no idea how the brother leaves church, like when we close church, where the brother passes and goes. <laughs> have you realized there's this brother who doesn't take my tattoo with anybody? 
<laughs> true or not true? If at all, or maybe only one particular brother, that's because that brother is a, a partner in crime. Yeah, like the brother, I, I'm a Jew, I, I'm a Jew, what, what you have in the house. Yes, you laugh at my Swahili. <laughs> an ajua. Yes. Yeah. And the brother has told you, I got, I got your back, brother. Bro, bro code. <laughs> hey, the one who know a lot about Mandela will be this brother. Yes. He said, bro code. Yeah. No matter what apostle preaches, Charlie bro code. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Say, I will. When people start calling me, say, you know, I become biblically alarmed. I say, I become biblically, biblically, yes, like I'm in the Bible alarm way. Now one day I visited my uncle um, in Nigeria and his aim was to draw no difference between me. He had um, boys who worked for him. So I was there for a holiday which was not so much a holiday because I was working. <laughs> I was working. And when my uncle used to live, had water problems. So you have to fetch water in those yellow jerry cans. I was slim like Kohana, slimmer. When I went to visit my uncle, when I returned, I developed biceps. Like without going to the gym, I developed biceps and chest because he lives upstairs. So we used to take wheelbarrow and get the water. Then when you get to the base of the stairs, you have to carry it to the floor he was on. When I got back to Ghana, I was, I, I looked like I had gone to the gym. So at the office, I will, when he tells me, do I say, yes, uncle. The man had, yes, uncle, a couple of times. I didn't know I was irritating my uncle. So one day there was his client or customer was there and he was instructing me what to do. And I said, yes, uncle. He shouted at me, don't call me uncle. First of all, I was, eh? When I give you instruction, say yes, sir. Because that's how all the boys responded to him. Yes, sir. You understand? Forget that you are my sister's son. When I address you, say yes, sir. From that day, sir. Sir. Another reason he did that was because the Ghanaian accent 
is different from the Nigerian accent. So, the Nigeria will not say uncle. Because then you'll be referring to the uncle. The Nigeria will say uncle. Then here I am calling my uncle, uncle. <laughs> you got a point now. And he had lived in Nigeria all his life. Yes. Like he went to Nigeria when he was about 17 years old. Yeah. So he is more like an uncle. You got a point. And I've come with my uncle. And he was tired of being referred to as uncle. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Why my uncle, sir? Why he calls me, sir? I remember vividly later in the afternoon, he played a trick on me to see if I would still say, yes, uncle. Yes. He was shocked when I said, yes, sir. He sent me to buy food. I said, yes, sir. I went to buy food like a very nice, obedient boy. I think he got the message. I, he, he understood that the message has gone home. Yes. He, he will never call me uncle until he leaves this place. <laughs> Careful. Sir, I will go. I've been in meetings with SARS who do evangelism. When you're a father, a leader, a boss, don't be fooled by the facial expressions and the utterances of people at meetings where you are available. If you like, leave a camera there, have the meeting, and then hand over. Oh, so, Chesang, I'm off. I have to take her. And then let Chesang deputize. Then you see the true character of the people you left behind. The people who say, oh, we can't even do over and above. Now, deputy Chesang is there. And I say, you know, let's, let's be very conservative about our targets and our about our figures let's be realistic the guy saying let's be realistic never told the boss sir let's be realistic the boss only stepped out and appointed a deputy suddenly they are pouring water on the vision you can have such meetings of people who are saying what they will never do Sir, I will. But the Bible says he didn't go. Verse 31. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then no, I won't go. Ah, but why did I even tell daddy I won't go? Charlie, let me go. He obeyed the father. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors. Can you? Corrupt tax 
Because I understand that some of the most corrupt people are Kanjo. Corrupt what? And prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. You are sitting in church saying what you will not do. Making promises you will not keep. Get ready. Corrupt politicians, tax collectors who don't go to church, who have no faith in God, get ready. They are going ahead of some of us who are in the church into the kingdom of God. You know why? Because they tell the truth. It is amazing. I mean, I've been a pastor of many years. I can tell you that sometimes I prefer doing something, a deal, a business with an unbeliever than with somebody from the church. I have had meetings where an unbeliever who needed me to pray for them for a breakthrough would tell me, Pastor, if you pray and this thing comes through, I cannot lie to you. This is what I will do. Christians, oh, you know, man of God, we are together. You know, when this thing goes through, one of the first things I'll do is to buy a bus for the church. You know, Pastor, your traveling from today will be on me. When, when this thing goes through, oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. The moment they get breakthrough, they change their number. They leave the church. You'll never see them. I want you to know that tax collectors who are corrupt and prostitutes. Because if you're asking people to point to the most vile people, they'll point to tax collectors and prostitutes. A prostitute is more vile. But you see, a prostitute will not tell a man, I love you. She knows she's lying. In case you are wondering why Jesus is using the euphemism of of tax collectors and prostitutes. A tax collector is not promising love. You sit in church. You have promised love to three girls. A prostitute knows that I am only sleeping with you for the money. She's not going to say I love you. When you say I love you, she's going to say what? It's not real. And she's never going to promise you love. It's not true. Because they know that if they tell you that is a lie, she's going to sleep with another 50 other men. She cannot tell all of them that I love you. See, for her honesty, she's going to get into the kingdom of God more than you who sit here that you are born again Every two years, you have a new relationship. Huh? You're lying. You know you don't love the sister. But because she has some small money. Hmm? There, there goes Brother Jay. Hmm? Brother Jay is saying, oh, I love you, baby. A tax collector who is corrupt and a prostitute are going ahead of you 
into the kingdom of God. They're going before you do. That's even if you do, they'll go before you. Like there's a queue. You understand? There's a queue. Then you see that chale, the area Malaya. Ni number one. Going where? Kingdom of God. Ah. You, number 1,000. You are in the line, but she's going to enter be, before you. For what reason? Because they will not say what they don't mean. That's it. Okay, what of pastor? If you are saying this, what of the tax collector, uncle? Why would the tax collector go ahead of me? Don't forget that already Jesus says the tax collector is what? Corrupt. Right? Corrupt. But why would the tax collector go ahead? Is their level of effort at collecting tax? Mm-hmm. They are not lazy. You can't point to a kanjoma and say, he's lazy. He knows that if he's going to benefit, he has to collect more. So his corruption will thrive on his hard work. So first of all, they are very hardworking. Aggressive. Bold. They will go where everybody fears to go. True or not true? Yeah. One day we were just knocking some things in the church. In fact, the, the previous church. And then even here also. It's like those guys have alarms everywhere. We're just doing some work here. They came in, they are yellow. Yellow. What's the permit for? Do you understand? Like, they, they are so hard working because if you're going to steal 10,000, you can't work or do the work of 5,000. So he's going to work. So when he steals his corrupt share, you don't notice that Charlie steal, the guy is stealing. So he's talking about effort. Boldness, hardworking tax collectors as compared to those in the church who do narrow. No effort. No zeal. Come on now. Yeah, you may not like the message, but it's on point. Mm-hmm. No exertion of effort. You get it? And then the prostitute who tells the truth. You get a point now. The, Jesus says they will get into the kingdom of God before you do. That is if you do at all. 32. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live. Like I'm teaching now. I'm showing you the right way to live. You are angry at me teaching you the right way to live. 
But you didn't believe him. Who did? Tax collectors and prostitutes did. I listen to me. Sometimes some of these people have more faith in God than those who claim they are born again. A prostitute is going out for the night and she says, Father Lord, send customers today. One day I was very shocked in my entire life of ministry. I have that record, you know, of a very beautiful woman who came to church and requested to see me. No, before she would see me, I was prophesying those days and I saw I saw things. So I I withheld that yes, going into what but she knew what I was talking about. So she requested to see me after church. I spoke to her and she told me, Pastor. What you are seeing, let me make you understand. I'm a prostitute. If you saw that woman on the street, you would never say, there's a prostitute going. She says, I'm a prostitute. And he says, Pastor, I want to stop. I want to stop. But I have a son. You know? I have a son. He says, Pastor, I don't feel happy when men come to my house and my son is there. I truly want to stop. If I make money, so I, I ask her, if you make money, like money to do something, you will stop. She says, yes. Then she says, pastor, but for a long time now, I've not had customers. He said, you see, you see this Young people coming up. So she was being replaced by the younger ones. (laughs) Then she said, you know, people go to places to attract customers, but I've come to church. Then she said, Pastor, if you pray for me, I'll pay my tithe. My heart was like bedding for her. For the first time in my life, I had to pray for a prostitute. And I wanted to say no. But I also know the Bible. And the scripture kept ringing in my head. God is the one who makes the sun to shine on the just and unjust. I said, Imagine one day I show up before God and God says, I sent you my daughter and you judge her and you didn't pray for her. So I said, I call for the horn. When I have some powerful things to do, I call for the horn. And then I poured oil into the horn and I prayed for customers. Some of you seated here, you were one of those customers. 
So that was Sunday. The next Sunday, she was not in church. She showed up two weeks after. The next Sunday is when she came to church. Very happy. Very happy. When we closed church, I don't think I was to see anybody. Was it LP? You had one brought her or something. LP said, that woman or my administrator then, I don't know which, said, wants to see you. So, I saw her and she was happy. She said, pastor, when you prayed for me and I went to work, hmm, I got a customer who took me to Mombasa for two weeks. Pastor, it's not that I didn't want to come to church. That's why you haven't seen me. I've been at the coast. Yes. (laughs) For business. So she was there with the person for all the days in Mombasa. And then to my shock, the woman happily opened her back and slapped her tight on the desk. <laughs> you see, I've prayed for some people before in my life. Yeah. I think maybe it's the reason why I was having um, crisis with my conscience, Right? And I had to change the style of my ministry. Yes, this is one of the reasons. If you focus on praying for Kina Rose, Kina Christine Rose, Nancy, Amos, whatever, as a pastor, you will never break through. These people praying for Mandela. Oh Lord, prosper Mandela. Mandela is receiving money but not paying tithe. I can tell you my experience as a pastor, you want big cash? You're going to have to pray for not so correct people. I have prayed for scammers. I'm not a scammer, but I've prayed for scammers. Do you know where I found my my legal ground to pray for them? God, the one who is God, he makes the sun shine on the just and the just. I stood on that scripture. Hey. My biggest tithe as a pastor didn't come from this Penye Penye, Natasha, eh, Francis. David <laughs> <laughs> know how to provoke you to pray. People sit in church, they don't admire the anointing. Those people admire anointing. They know something works. I was seated there. The woman slapped her envelope with happiness. Some of you give tight with, with frown faces. And it's not even 10%. You are frowning at your 5%. You know, I, I, I looked at the woman and she was so happy. She was very happy. Then I took the tithe and then I told her, God bless you. Then she was looking at me like this. 
Like I didn't get the message. She was looking at me like this. So then she got tired of looking at me. Then she said, um, Pastor, won't you use that thing? She was talking about the oil. So won't you use that thing in my hands again? So that's I got, oh, okay. It dawned on me that her faith was in the oil that brought the customer. Do you understand? So I had to now call again for the horn. I can tell you for sure, if as a pastor, you're doing like what I'm doing now, praying for Jackie to, to get money, and she pays tithes. What the day, by the time Jackie is getting the money, she's even offended with the church. But these people, they're, they're not even committed to you for life. They came with fresh faith. They believe in you. You pray for them. God's just open like that. One man who had narrow, he had narrow. I prayed for him. One day he came after deliverance and prayer. He slapped $1,000 on my desk. Hey, if I wanted money, I know which direction to go. Do you understand? Yeah. Not this one I'm praying for. Titus. Who right now as broke as he is, he has no inclination to be offended. But by the time he's walking into a miracle, then he starts getting offended. Yes. Then you say, oh, you know, you know. There are people, if I start doing some things, you see them coming here. If I start doing some things, you see them coming here. And they're the ones who like to, pastor, can I see you? Some will come and see me and tell me, if you do this and this happens, this is what I'll do. Between you and those people, who do you think I should pastor more? (laughs) (laughs) One day a man came, one of those, and I prayed for him. He went, he came, and then he slapped $5,000. said, take, this is my tithe. When the man is going for business, he'll book an appointment with me and he'll just sit around me. He'll pretend he's buying me coffee. He's a lie. The wife later told me why he used to call me. He says, when I'm around him, good things start happening. So he'll say, I want to talk to you about something. So he, he takes me somewhere. He'll sit there. He's watching the time. He's, he's going to see a client. He's watching the time. He just, and we'll talk, talk. Then he'll go. After two hours, he'll call me on the phone. Say, can I see you again? Do you know what I'm going for? Tight. See, if you take that ministry and this one I'm doing, which do you think was more profitable? (laughs) Today I'm saying too many things. (laughs) I shouldn't go deeper. I shouldn't go deeper. Since I started pastoring you, I have not used my dollar account. (laughs) 
<laughs> Natasha is the one who used to operate my dollar account. Ask her. She used to operate my dollar account. Yes. <laughs> I still have it, but I've not operated since I, st- <laughs> I started teaching. <laughs> I still get people who want to see me, but the, the temptation of going to... And when I see that, I say, I read Matthew chapter 7. Hmm? We did many wonderful things in your name. Then he's going to say, I do not know you. Titus has closed my dollar account. When Eric joined, the bank says, we don't want to see you. (laughs) But you see, I figured that my job is to pray. This is what I, in case you're wondering, ah, this pastor is bad. I figured that my job is to pray. I have never answered any prayer I've prayed before. Have I? Like, I pray the prayer, then I answer it. So, this is my faith. If I pray for this person and God answers it, it's because he wanted to answer it. You understand? Yeah? But then there are other moral quandaries you have to ponder on. That's where my crisis came from. (laughs) You get a point now? Yeah, there are other moral countries. Yes. Hmm. Oh. There was a time if I was going to give you money, I was not going to give you shilling. I'll give you, take, hundred dollars. Yes, take, 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 take. Yes. I had friends who used to laugh at me and they say, is your machine printing dollars? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they used to laugh at me. See, like if right now I meet an old friend, I give the person a dollar. You have, has your machine started printing? Yes. They thought I had a printing machine. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Leave this one. We have crossed this this bridge. <laughs> it's humble. Are you here? Huh? So you see, the truth of the matter is. There are people who believe. Some of you are seated here. You believe nothing. I was using that example to show you that there are people who believe. You'll be surprised that as a pastor, the people who believe in you are not seated in your church. And the people who do not believe in you are seated in the church. (laughs) You get the point now? That's why I've had people who left church and then they sent me a miracle seeker. Do you understand? Like the person has left the church but and they don't communicate or do anything but when somebody is in, they know where to send the person. So go and see this man. I prayed for a couple. They had a mighty breakthrough, you know. Mighty, mighty breakthrough. For some reason, I had to ask them to step out of the church, you know, which they did. Yeah. 
One day I was here and they sent me a man who works with the World Bank to pray for the man. So, I asked the man, who sent you? When he mentioned these two people, I lost interest. I was genuinely going to pray for him, but I asked him, who sent you to me? And then he mentioned the man and the wife and how, how that they are good friends. My heart shut down. Whatever his problem was, was something I could handle. But when he mentioned those two, I just said, yeah, let me go and pray about it. <laughs> yeah? So he came one Sunday. He came another Sunday. I think he realized I wouldn't pray for him. That's how he left. And it, it's not pride. Huh? It's not pride. Huh? If you were the one, do you know the people who sit in my church? This man works at the World Bank. And he's my church member. Do you see how come the church you are in isn't much about where you work, your reputation as a person. Because if it is those, I know how to collect them. I can do a meeting, eh? I can do a meeting for this church. And I know where to take one or two informations. And people will know that I'm doing this in the church. You see strangers walk into this church. You yourself, you ask yourself, is this love springs or not love springs? But you see, when they come, I have to entertain them. And I have to continue entertaining them. And my soul cannot bear that entertainment. I can't bear it. If I'm leaving church and you have such members, those members, they believe in envelope for the bishop or the apostle. I have preached for this young man. He has never slapped me with an envelope. <laughs> he doesn't believe in envelopes. Hey. <laughs> when she was giving you the testimony, she lied. No, she didn't lie. She, didn't, she omitted an aspect of the testimony. And I don't know why she had to omit it. Yeah, I don't know why she. I don't know whether she, if she says it, she thought I'll be offended or not. You know, Sister Righteousness omitted. She edited the testimony. Yes. <laughs> Me, I can, I stand by everything I do and everything I say. Yeah, it's not that she didn't get a place to do the her um, internship. She got a place. She didn't even tell me she got a place. She was just there and I called her and I told her, you are not going to that place to work. Yes. I told her, you want to go and chase bread and lose your soul. Yes. I told her, you are not going to work there. And I said, have you heard? Yes, apostle. I mean, if you say it, I'm not afraid that I gave you that instructions. Yes. And I can stand by whatever. You see, if I don't 
instruct you is a different matter. Yes. I had to wait. Do I? You see, some people are not children enough. You know, like if when I told her, don't go, you're not going to do A or B here. Somebody suffering to that, he have to go and say, all these churches and apostles and pastors, small place I've got, I should have got. You see, then you start blaming me. But you see, God is also teaching you something. Do you understand? So if she has said that part of the testimony, I, I was not going to have a problem. Yes, I told you. So you can say, an apostle told me not to go and work here. And I'll say, yeah, I did. Oh, but look at it now. Do you understand? Yeah. The prophet told Saul, wait for me. After seven days, I will come. Saul could not wait. Before the prophet will come, the guy has set up the altar to offer sacrifices. You see, God will teach you sometimes to learn to wait. I said, no. Oh, these days, they are not even waiting to be informed. They are canceling people. <laughs> As I told you, you are not going to work. Oh. I don't know if that is why LP felt obliged. Hey, if Apostle had told this girl not to go and work, maybe I should help her get. You don't have to help God, though. Those of you helping God. <laughs> I say you don't have to help God. Those of you trying to help God, have faith in God. The Bible also says that it is a good thing for a man to wait for his God. You didn't believe what task collectors and prostitutes did. I had a prostitute who believed in my anointing. Get the point. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. 33. Go with me. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner, say landowner, planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice and built a lookout tower. He leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. Now, if you read this scripture and you don't see God and us, then you're not reading the scriptures. A certain landowner The world belongs to an owner. Hear this. The world may not recognize the owner, but there is the owner. There is the real owner of Kenya. There is the real owner of Africa. There is the real owner of the continents of the world. The world has an owner. We are tenants. He's built the world and he's rented it out to us with all the benefits. So he makes mention of built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice. All right. And then he built a lookout tower. 
Then he rented or leased the vineyard to tenant farmers. We are the tenant farmers. That's why when your lease expires, come back. There's the owner. There's no man that is here forever. You are on a lease. I listen to me. Listen. This place, is it called Kirima? Where the, the court case, is it Kirima? Yeah? Yeah? The owner of the land is dead. The politician, right? He's dead. His own lease expired. Right? He's gone. Even though he thought he owns the land, his lease over the land expired and he's gone. Whatever is happening now, he has no idea. He cannot make decisions. He cannot decide whether he will let the people stay on the land. His own lease has expired. The people in charge right now, they still think they are the owners until their own lease expires. So there is nothing permanent in this world. We are all leases or leases or whatever they call them. Are you here? If you own a car, eh, stop thinking I'm the owner. You're on lease. When you die, you see that your, your, your stupid nephew is the one driving your car. We all expire and we'll expire. So, while we are tenants, I want you to see Jesus telling us how we have been behaving. So, he had what? He leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and he moved to another country. That's why sometimes people think that God is an absentee creator. Like he created all these, and then he's, he's an absentee landlord. In fact, that's how they refer to God, an absentee landlord. When you listen to atheists and they want to make derogatory comments, they'll always refer to God somewhat in their statement as God is an absentee landlord. Or if you are hearing existential debates, about the existence or not of God, you always come across them saying, God is an absentee landlord. They're talking to the fact that when evil is happening, God is quiet. Huh? Earthquake is killing people. God is quiet. So they say he's an absentee landlord. You see, you don't have time to watch those things. So I'm telling you, He's an absentee landlord, right? So, and, and truly, if you look at the scriptures, the Bible says, and move to another country. So, it's like he's, he's gone somewhere else. We are here with what he has built and what he has leased to us. And he has moved to what? Another, good, verse 34. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. 
God has a share. 35. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. His servants, the farmers, what did they do? They grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, stoned another. This category, beat one, killed one, stoned one, is the category of sufferings of the messengers of God in the hand of the farmers. So you see prophets in the Bible that were beaten. He beat one. You see servants of God in the Bible that were killed. He killed one. They killed one. And then you see prophets that were stoned. This is the category of the suffering of God's servants in the hand of his the farmers. Oh, if you are his servant, you either be beaten, <laughs> you either be killed, or you be stoned. If you go to Nyanza, they'll stone you. <laughs> oh, you got a point now. If you are a servant, you either be beaten, huh? you either be killed, or you will be stoned. So God's servants have suffered this, right? Verse 36, quick. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. So he sent one. They beat him. He sent one. They killed him. He sent one. They stoned him. So God says, Charlie, let me send more servants, more prophets. But the results were the same. What were they doing? They were beaten. They were killed. And they were stoned. 37. Finally, say finally. finally. The owner sent his son. Who did he send? His son. Whatever I need doing, prophets could not do it. Servants couldn't do it. Pastors couldn't do it. It's so important. I have to now send my son. Thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmer saw his son coming, when they saw Jesus coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. Hmm. The owner thought they would respect his son. God thought that when he sends Jesus, we will respect him. 
We will love him. Oh, our landlord has sent his son to collect the rent. (laughs) Rather, when they saw the son, they said, wow, finally, we can kill this boy who would have inherited this. And then, Charlie, we take the estate for ourselves. That's what the world did, thinking that they will own the estate if they kill the son of God. 39. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. Whatever is mentioned in 39 is exactly what they did to Jesus. Where did they drag him from? Gethsemane. From Gethsemane, they took him to the cross and murdered him. In case you're thinking, we're talking about your landowner in the village. Charlie, we're talking about bigger things. God and his land. (laughs) They grabbed him dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. You see, when God needed to do something this important, he sent his son. Is that 40? There should be. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asks, What do you think he would do to those farmers? They killed his son. Yeah? The religious leaders replied. The religious replied. He will put the wicked men to a horrible death. And lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. (laughs) Then Jesus asked them, didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. So God had to send none other. When his servants failed, he had to send none other but what? His son. Now, go with me to 1 Chronicles 28. If you're going to build something, if you're going to do something important, you need the son element. Say, I need the son element. Take me there quickly. First Chronicles 28. David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem. The leaders of the tribes. The commanders of the army divisions. The other generals and captains. The overseers of the royal property and livestock. The palace officials the mighty men and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. This is not a small penye penye meeting. Look at the people who are going for the meeting. Ah, Charlie, you want to close the service? 
the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. These are all the people who were summoned for the meeting. Some of you don't have such titles, but you cannot be even summoned. I said some of you don't even have the leaders of the tribe title, but you can't be summoned for a meeting. If you summon the tulips, there will always be one guy who has no title like the commanders of the army divisions who will not come for the meeting. Oh yeah. These days I watch, I watch as so-called, so, you know, important church members don't come like they, yeah, I won't come to church. Some people think that coming to church is even for me. Like at your age. At your age. And at your, like all that you have seen in life. That it crosses your mind that you're coming to church or not coming to, having mentioned your name, just look straight forward. Is something that will, like somebody wants to hurt me and they use, I won't come to church. Charlie? Do I look like I have the register for church attendance? Like God has given me the register for those who attend. Do I, if God had given me that duty, then perhaps I might be wounded. My own attendance is being marked. I said my own attendance is being marked. So those of you think that, oh, Today, I won't go. Apostle will be, yeah, you won't see me there. Charlie, your face is already forgotten. <laughs> oh. I'm a jam. Ibra, just look forward. <laughs> no names have been mentioned, just... Look forward. I'm surprised at you that you still think that you can use coming to church as a punishment. Some of there are people I know, eh? I look at you and I wonder if truly you are planning on going to heaven. How that you can sit in God's house and make your service to God about a man. If I don't do this, it will pain apostle. If I do this, it will pain apostle. Some people even marry who they shouldn't marry so that he pay me. As if they pay me, it is sweet them. As if they sweet them, it they pay. I don't know what is making you think like that. Like, are you so easily beguiled by the enemy? I'm telling you, people sit in church and everything to do with their service of God, they build it about me. Look at me. Listen, look at me. I am also a pilgrim. I'm trying to find my path towards the God that called me. You cannot hinge your service to God on me. 
I am trying. I'm fighting that I will be pleasing to the one who calls me. You have your own fight. Stop this nonsense that, oh, it will pain apostle if I don't do this. If I don't, if I, I'm not a shepherd, it will pain. It will not pain me. Look at me. I'm having a good night's sleep. That's why sometimes, from time to time, you see people um, acting up. Yeah? You see them acting up. Yeah? You see them sitting in church as I'm teaching. Hmm. <laughs> when you see people frowning, you see, you, you, you're, you're not a kid at your age. Come out with it. Say it. At my children's age, I don't even entertain that nonsense from them. If you've got something, don't frown around me. Come out, open your mouth. Come, open, open, open. Say, God gave you a mouth. Yes. It's demonic to be in an environment where you want to use your mood to control people. It's demonic. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What? Some of you, some pastors cannot preach. When they see your face, Some of you in our preaching, we can't even mention your name. If we mention your name right now, the service will spoil. (laughs) So we have to look for mood makers. You know, we mention somebody when we even say a hard thing, they'll still be smiling. (laughs) Mood, mood changes. If we make a mistake, we mention your name. Eh? The rest of the people say, hey, he's not happy apostle mentioned her name. Mistake. Huh. You get the point now? Yeah, that's why some of you can sit in this church for 100 years. The pastor will never mention your name. And every day he's mentioning particular people. Particular people. Some of you, if we make, mention your name, after church there will be a meeting of the lawyers to discuss <laughs> we want to know why one of us is being targeted <laughs> are you here or you've gone home <laughs> all the Cogello citizens please we are meeting after church Something is happening and we have to look into it. We got a point now. We have to address it. And since you are from Kogelo and we are all Kogelo members, let's talk after church, all right? Good. Look at all the people summoned. Your title has not reached any of this level. What I'm saying is, it should be easy for you to be called for a meeting. You don't have to be Madam Boss. Verse 2. Now you can move, Charlie. David rose to his feet and said, My brothers and my people, <laughs> I like NLT. It was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant 
God's footstool could rest permanently. David is saying, this was what was in my heart. He's speaking to, back to verse 1, the commanders of the army divisions, the leaders of the tribes, the generals and captains, the overseers of royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. He says, my brothers and, verse 2, my brothers and my people. It was my desire to build a temple, to build a church for the ark. Verse 3. But God said to me, you must not build a temple to honor my name. For you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Is if you take David and God telling him, you won't build for me a temple. Why? You're a warrior. Yeah? You're a warrior. And you've shed what? Much blood. Yeah? And you see David's achievement and his one desire is to build a church. Madam, you have not achieved much. What is your desire? Mister, you have not achieved much. What is your desire? This is his desire. I want to build a church. Some of you Just by getting your birth certificate, God can go away. It's hot now. Just by, finally, I've gotten my ID. Landa. This is David, and look at all the people that are under him. The leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors. And what is their leader's desire? To build a church. Let's move on quick. Then God says, David, you cannot do that for me. Hmm? You're a warrior. See how many people you have killed. (laughs) You can't build a temple for me. Verse 4. But see, God is going to offer a solution. Yet, the Lord God of Israel has chosen me. David is now going to show you how that He feels privilege. Do you understand? He has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. If you want to know how 
that statement is powerful, you have to read a scripture that says that when Jesus returns, he's going to sit on the throne of David, his father. So, fathers rule by the extension of sons. So, Jesus Christ, that's why he, he was David's Lord. Huh? David, David was his father. He's David's Lord. Huh? But David calls him my Lord. But he's also a, a descendant of David. And he calls him my Lord. But he's going to rule forever. So the throne of David is forever. I listen to me. It's forever. And so David is wondering. I mean, he chose me of all my father's family that I'll be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule. And from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, the Lord was pleased to make me king over Israel. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many. It's a blessing to have many sons. Yeah. I don't know if I have any. It's a blessing to have. The Bible says, such a man is blessed. Yes. If you have many sons, you're blessed. Huh? You're blessed. If your quiver is full of sons. Do you get it? You know why? Because when you draw an arrow from your quiver, an arrow can be a son. Yes. You dispatch a son like an arrow. You pick an arrow, you're picking a son. So you're blessed if your quiver is full of sons. Are you listening to me? He chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. So watch this. God says, David, you're not going to build for me. But I'm going to choose one of your sons. He had leaders of the tribe. God didn't choose them. That's why you can be here and you are a leader of the tribe. All the lawyers in the church, you are their leader. All the Kikuyus in the church. You are the leader of Kikuyus. I used to have such people in the church until I sack all of them. Yeah. They used to, when we close church, you see the, all the Atereres, they'll meet. Atereres, you just, when you pass by, you just be hearing Atereres. I had an elder, a very elderly woman. I respect her so much and I loved her so much. I had to sack her from the church. Yeah. She was an elder. She could, I could easily even be her grand. Um, grandson or something. I had to tell him because they were bringing tribalism to the church. I mean, if you are doing Kikuyu's here, Luya's here, Kisi's here, Kalenjin's there, Luo's there, where do I stand? <laughs> I mean, where will you place me? Because if I go to Kikuyu, I'm not. If I go to the Lewis, I'm not. You get it? I, I can't fit. That's why the church should have no semblance of tribalism. 
you see them when they meet at the area. I called this elder. I said, These tribal meetings, I am not happy with it. You are an elder. Let it cease. Next Sunday, another day they continue, and nobody else will be in that meeting apart from just the Kikuyus in the church. And I said, From today, you are no longer an elder. Don't come here. Take your Kikuyu meetings to Machakos. <laughs> Take it to Kiambu. Yes. You get the point now. Yeah. I told her to leave. Yeah. Hey, today, if she sees me, she'll be happy to see me. That's the truth. You see, the tr- people who are honest are honest. Yeah. Some of you are tribal leaders. God hasn't chosen you. Commanders of the army divisions. Every fighting member in this church, you are their leader. Oh. Who did God choose? A son of David. A son of David. Verse 6. He said to me, your son Solomon will build my temple and its courtyard. For I have chosen him as my son. So watch this. God takes David's son and adopts him as his son and I will be his father. You are building a church. You are looking for the commander of the army divisions. I'm teaching now. You are looking for the leaders of the tribes. God is looking for a son he can father. To build his temple. You are looking for brave warriors. God says, I'm looking for sons. Come on now. If you're going to build a church, the church requires the sons that will build, not the commanders of the army divisions. You go to if you go to the dancing stars, all the Confucianists in the dancing stars, you see this particular person is the kingpin. Yes. If there's any confusion in the choir, you see that there's this particular person who is speaking for the trouble causes. God is looking for a son and he says, I will be his father. Are you listening to me? Yes. That's why the the aspect of my son, all the things we have been doing comes down to this one thing. Only sons can help build anything. As you are in this church, there's water problem in the washroom. When you take your wrench or whatever and you open one screw, when you finish, you're waiting for the church to pay you 500 for fixing the plumbing problem. When you go to your father's house and his sink has a problem and you fix it, do you charge him the plumber's fee? Holy sons will build a church. 
I said, Holy Sons will build a church. There are some sisters seated here. They will wash the toilet of a man who has not married them. They will sit in the church for two years. They have never cleaned the toilet. I'm a jam. They are here. They are, they are looking at me. They will go and wash the clothes of a boyfriend. Babe, 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 babe. They will wash babe's clothes. They have never washed the church. They have never washed, used even a mop. Only sons will build. Only sons will build. Yes. <laughs> hey, you two, you say you are going where? Excuse me, what do you say you two, you are planning to go? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Huh? Interesting. He said you're going away. Uh, it's not true. Some of you are going to Kilelesha. You are not going to heaven. You're going to Kilelesha. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you two, you say you are going somewhere. There are sisters. One day, they were cleaning the church and I was passing. I saw a sister sweeping water. Sweeping water. Using broom. You know broom. To sweep water. I was traumatized. I don't know whether she was sweeping the water or she was sweeping the air. There are sisters here. So, like to just sweep or do something in the church. I am sure that if I go to the ladies toilet, I will smell something. When I was cleaning it, there was nothing to smell. It was fresh, clean. I'm sure if I walk in then, I was like, mm. Form Nigani. <laughs> when I was cleaning this toilet, it was fresh. When I go there now, I smell. I smell things. There were pre- people pretending they were sons and they were cleaning. I, I, with my hand, I, with a scorching pad and jig, I cleaned that place, wipe it down. The first time they ever cleaned that toilet, I came here and showed them how cleaning is done. If you go to the mill's toilet, you see the bars were rusty. There were sons here. And I said, you see, you may be seeing rust. But this thing can be clean as silver. I took jig. You see, the truth is that I can't do that forever. So I'll show you the way. I can clean this toilet for a while. I'm not too big. I'm not a big shop. Like, I'm not a bishop. I can clean this toilet for a while. But you see, I have other assignments that will come between me and this particular service. I can do it. And when I can, I will. But when I was cleaning it, it was spotlessly smelling fresh. 
eyes were white. A devoted time. We clean between the tiles, the silver. Today, even if they, if they act like they are cleaning, is when I'm around. When I'm, I come around, they say, oh, let's clean. You'll be surprised that I've never entered my washroom for almost half of this year. I've not. Not because it's not clean. Do you understand? Yeah. Because, you see, if you're washing this thing, wash it like you're doing it for God, not for me. When I clean this church, I clean it not because of you. In fact, in my mind's eye, if I have the opportunity to do anything here, always, I don't know why, maybe I'm wrong. Somebody will correct me one day. But I always have this, my Lord, look on what I'm doing and bless me. Do something for me. Bless me. That's the mind with which I work here. Not that you seem, that's why it's annoying to me. They won't do something. Then when I take the tool to do it, it's apostle, let me, will you do it forever? No. That's why I always tell people, no, let me do it. Because after I finish, or you take over and do it, tomorrow you come and do it. One day we're going to have an Easter convention. When I walked into this church, the place was dirty. And you see, stepchildren have arranged the seat for the convention. You want the convention in a dirty church. I cleaned the church for them and I went home. Have your convention. Because that's not how you honor God. Look, he's looking for sons. And he says, I'll take Solomon, your son, and I'll be his father. If God places sons, his fathering in this church, this church will go far. But if I gather the commanders of the army division, the brave warriors, the scholars, and the managers in secular work, nurses and doctors and doctors, Doctors and pharmacies, the church will not be built. The church will be built by those God is fathering. If that pains you, it is sweet me. <laughs> if that sweet you, it is pain me. Are you listening? Yes. Because now people will work as they are working for God. Their father. We're supposed to have people sit by every now and then the toilet is clean, everything is spotless. Yes. He chose David's son and says, I will be his father. I have tried to build this church with people God is not fathering. And I will be his father. Verse 7. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, 
I will make his kingdom last forever. Verse 8. So now, with God as our witness, and in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. He's now talking to Solomon, his son. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. This is the reason why no matter how many people hate the Jews, they cannot force Israel out of that land. Verse 9. Quick, quick, please. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the Lord God of your ancestors intimately. I raise people who wouldn't know God for themselves. Even when they are praying, Apostle must say that, yeah, well, I'm praying. Even if they are doing quiet time, it has to be, you know, it's for the show. Yeah? Show, show, show. Yeah? Everything was for show. But to intimately know God, he's telling him, and serve him with your whole heart, with your whole heart, with your whole heart, with your whole heart, not half your heart, your whole heart, Serve him with your whole heart. Some people have divided their heart into sections. This one is for God. This one is for my wife and my children. This one is for my business. This one and a willing mind. Your whole heart and a willing mind. Can you see that now anything you are being forced to do in God's house is unacceptable? You may end up doing it. You can do it. But if you are not willing, it doesn't meet the standard for God. There must be willingness. Why are you in the choir? Are you there willingly or you are being forced to be there? Why are you a dancing star? Are you there willingly? Somebody has threatened you. It's the only reason some of you have come to church because the 500 bob you asked, the person said, if you come to church, I'll give you the 500. So you came. It's a kusot. Kikuja. Kikam. Uta kikam nita kusot. Are you here? With a willing mind. For the Lord sees what? Look at it. Every heart. And knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. I wish people knew this. If I lead you. In the building of this church. And you are doing anything at all. Is never for me. I don't see myself. As the owner of anything here. 
I don't. I don't. If God tells me to leave the church to one of the pastors and go, so I will gladly do it. I've done it before. My brother didn't have a church. I had a church. He didn't have a church. I had a church. When the Lord told me to come to Kenya, I handed the church over to him. And I walked away free to come and start Love Springs in Kenya. I can do it again. Because I do not see myself as an owner of anything here. Some of you, if you do anything for the church, it's either because you have a position, you have a title, or you think that somehow you have an influence around the church. So the day you are removed from position A and put somewhere and somebody is put, whatever you were doing, they will never do it again. I have people, when they were chief of staff, they will come here, clean this place. You think that, can Joe arrest the church if it is not cleaned? You only have to remove them from a position and you see that they are not genuine. These days, all their Saturdays is occupied. Yeah. You see somebody who is to come to church, 6 a.m. Just to make sure every, the moment you say, you are no more, what time does service starts? 8.30. They'll come here at 8.29. Every day without fail. You see, I can't. This is me, a mortal man. I can see through your deception. Then he says, but God, as for God, he sees what? Every heart. He knows every word. Plan. I know people who will clean church so that God will give them a job. So that when God gives them the job, they, clean, they stop cleaning the church. It's hot. Hey. How many financially sound people do you see in churches doing many jobs? But when they are not financially sound, they'll lie down for God. These ones, they will sit there like they are interested in the toilet. You know? And then God will look, come to the church one day and then he will look towards the toilet section. The toilet division. So let me bless this sister with this opening. Yes. If, if she drives a GLE formatic and packs it down there, you think she will go and sit there that she's guarding toilet. That's the one that will come to church when I'm about closing the sermon. That's the one. I've, I've seen it before. That's the one that will take an envelope so everybody knows that she's coming to give a big offering. And before offering time, she'll come and put it and do quack, 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 and walk out. I've seen, it's what I've seen it with my eyes before. Yes. A man who lived down River Road could not so much as paid his rent down River Road for four years walked into my life and I prayed for him. I prayed for him. The anointing oil to pray for him, he couldn't even buy. The first Sunday when he came to the church, I bought the anointing oil to pray for him. Then the church moved location. Then we're doing 21 days praying and fasting. 
And in the 21 days, under the anointing, I, I, I showed him clearly what his problem was. His problem was a bag, just a bag. He carried that bag with him to another country. He also suffered there. Took that bag from that same country, brought it here. Nothing worked for him. And I told him what to do with the bag. Less than three weeks, I was in the office, Moy Avenue, and the man walked to my office and says, I brought you tithes. He opened it, $1,000. He was so broke that his landlord begged him. He didn't want the four years rent anymore. He said, well, just leave so that I will give the place out to another person. That's how bad his situation was. His wife said, they cooked on, is it Jiko? Run with charcoal, yes. River Road, here. In one year, he bought two cars from River Road to Kilimani. One day, he came to church in his suit. Suit. And designer shoe. Huh? And he said that the, the ashes didn't give him a seat. Do you know what he did? He got up. He took his offering. It was not time for offering. I think I'm, I was ministering or doing something. He got up, brought the offering. He put it on the altar. And he walked out of the church. So when we closed church, I asked his wife, where did your husband go? He said, oh, he called his friends. They are going to watch football. Because he was angry. When he came, the ashes didn't. What it was is that he started, since he started now becoming well, he started ordering the ashes. And the ushers didn't like it. You get the point now? So whenever he's coming, everybody just, so that serve yourself, sir. Just. And he realized that they were always departing. So he has nobody to command. I don't know what he wanted to be in the church. You know, he wanted to be an elder or something. Yeah. You know, so he got offended. He threw, he put the money on the altar. He walked away to go and watch football. Yes. When you had Jiko, you, you didn't have flash screens. Be reminded of where God is bringing you from. You see, the Jewish historian, Josephus Flavius, he said and he wrote that David, when he sat on the throne, had his shepherd clothes in front of him. So he sits on the throne. Every time he sat in judgment, by the other side of the wall, the shepherd clothes he was wearing, when God called him, he hanged it there so that it reminded him that once upon a time, he was only a shepherd boy, a Maasai boy driving cows, sheep, goats, not cars. So now I have them, I'm reminded this is where God brought me from. Brothers and sisters, I'm showing you nothing around here. The choir will not be built unless sons that God is fathering 
fill up the choir, the dancing stars, it will not grow unless sons that God is fathering fill it up. Why? Because they will work with their whole heart and a willing mind. Verse 10 and 11. Let me close on verse 15, I think. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Some of you, what you hate are strong people. You can't do the work if you're not strong. Yes. I had to be strong to still be standing here. The very people that destroy everything will be looking at you. Have to even teach every Sunday, you have to be strong. You are not strong. And you see your member holding placards. You have to be strong. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, you have to be strong to see your member in another church holding placards. You have to be strong. One of the requirements to do the work of the Lord is to be strong. If I were you, some of you, you submit yourselves for strong training. (laughs) And sometimes when I see some of you brothers who are going to be fathers, and I see how weakly and wimpy you are, I pity your children. Wimpy brothers. Brothers, idols. Spaghetti brothers. To even do the right thing, you have to be strong. You have to be... When you live in an atmosphere or an environment where everybody is doing the wrong thing and you are the only person... I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting to do. You have to be strong. Do you get it? Some of you need to willingly submit yourself for strong training. When I look at this generation, you hear something like, I am... I am 18 year old. I am stressed. Have you seen them? 18 year old. I am so stressed. You see 19, I'm I'm depressed. When I came here, I realized that a child going to primary can tell the parent I am stressed. Or a parent looks at the child who is in primary and says, my child is stressed. Some of you, you, can't, you, you, you know what I'm, you, you are the ones. Huh? My mother didn't look at me and ever saw stress. I mean, what do you mean by I'm, me, I'm stressed? Like in the house, who should be stressed? You're so lousy, you can't do homework. You are stressed. White man. Teacher is teaching. You won't pay attention. You can't do what you were taught. Then your mommy looks at you and says, Nathaniel is so stressed. (laughs) 
Natalia, you rest today. You rest today. You're so stressed. Some of you, the kind of children you're raising, the kind of children you're raising, they are not ready for this vast world that swallows its inhabitant. My wife called me and said, your daughter has called me. She just went to boarding school. This is the first time in her life she's going away from home. And your daughter is crying. I said, what? why is she crying so? The school she chose to go is a very good school. Then she said to the mother, the school is not what I thought it was. <laughs> what is the problem? That her friend was punished and even the punishment, it wasn't her fault. Like the streetness, the streetness in the school. So the school is not what she thought. Remove yourself now. You're going to school. You thought you were going for a fan club. Go and remove yourself. Then that's the time another parent said, let me go and have a meeting with the teachers of the school. You know, maybe they can mitigate the circumstances so that my daughter will be very comfortable. I said to my wife, you went to boarding school, yeah? She said, yes. I went to boarding school, yeah? She said, yes. I said, let her also go to her boarding school. She will manage but the next time I say, okay, should I remove you from this? You'll be the one saying, no, 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 no. Leave me here. Yes? Leave me here. Hey, if I remove you from that school, you have even saved me. You've saved me money. You get the point now? Huh? But if you're going to be an achiever, you have to be strong. Yes. When I was bomb bomb brain, I didn't know how to read. I couldn't spell anything. I hated school. When my mind opened, I was never afraid of going to school. Yes. When you see people who hate school, it's because they are going to face something they don't like. <laughs> you got a point now? Huh? Some of you like mandate Kesho, you'll be stressed. Why? You're going to go to that office. Oh. Ah. Sometimes I wonder why you still keep going. <laughs> Be strong. Even in the New Testament, Paul told them, "Be strong." You cannot avoid being strong. Whether in the old covenant or in the new covenant, you have to be strong. Is it 21st? We're having another 12 hours prayer. Only the strong will come. Yes. 24th. 24th. Yeah, 24th. Yeah. Another 12 hours of prayer. You see that only the strong will come. Be strong and do the work. Some people dislike me because I, 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 I am strong. Yes. They want a weak person. One of the things I hate is to be bullied. 
If I tell you how many church members have tried to bully me. How many shepherds have tried to bully me. If you see shepherds, hakietu, hakietu, hakietu. We have demands with their placards. We have demands. 50% rise in transport fare. <laughs> akietu, akietu. Yes, you, you see that you have to be strong. Some of you voted for a strong president. Now you are crying. He's strong. (laughs) He's strong. By the time they finish this government, it will reach everybody. Everybody will cry. It will reach, the rich will cry, the poor will cry. Even if you are traveling, you'll cry. Even if you don't travel, you'll cry. (laughs) It will reach everybody. (laughs) Are you here? And we are just starting. By the way, we are just starting. Yeah, we're just starting. When they finish with you, every Kenya will be straight. Yeah, every Kenya will be straight. The straightest of them will be Pastor Edwin. Very straight. When they finish with him, he'll be very straight. He'll not run away from paying tax anymore. I'm telling you, when they finish, he'll be very correct. Verse 11. Very soon, when you are walking in the streets, will stop you and ask you, have you paid tax on your mobile phone? (laughs) (laughs) Very soon, we'll start stopping you. Yes, Have you realized I'm saying we? Because I'm part of the government. (laughs) (laughs) Then David gave Solomon the plans for the temple. He's giving it to who? His son. And its surroundings, including the entry room, the storerooms, the upstairs room, the inner rooms, and the inner sanctuary, which was the place of atonement. Busy giving plans to people who are not sons. David also gave all the plans he had in mind for the courtyards. Of the lost temple, the outside rooms, the treasuries, and the rooms for the gifts dedicated to the Lord. Say plans. The king also gave Solomon the instructions concerning the work of the various divisions of priests and Levites in the temple of the Lord. And he gave specifications for the items in the temple that were to be used for worship. Detailed plans. Come on now. David gave instructions regarding how much gold and silver should be used to make the items needed for service. 15. He told Solomon the amount of gold needed for the gold lampstand and lamps and the amount of silver for the silver lampstands and lamps depending on how each will be used. 
He designated the amount of gold for the table on which the bread of the presence will be placed and the amount of silver for other tables. David also designated the amount of gold for the solid gold meat hook used to handle the sacrifice meat and for the basins, pitchers, and dishes as well as the amount of silver for every dish. You have put somebody in charge of offerings who is not a son. Collect offerings at the center. He is not a son. You think you use the the gold for the things of gold. Collect gold. He designated the amount of refined gold for the altar of incense. Finally, he gave him a plan for the Lord's chariots. The gold cherubim whose wings were stretched out over the ark of the lost covenant. I'm showing you by reading this that he entrusted his son with gold. Entrusted his son with silver. There are people seated here. We couldn't entrust them with the, the offerings of a small center. There were people who did center for years. Never reported an offering. There were people whose the center offering was their personal possession. When sons are working, their mind is different. You stole center offering. Yes, I have used the word stole. If we made, imagine if we were doing what David was doing, giving gold for, gold for, gold for Kayole Center. Gold for the center in Siokimau. Gold for the center in High Rise. Hmm. 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 Some of you, you, you fly to Dubai. And tell us later where you are. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But look at him. He's, give, he's entrusting gold to his son. Silver to his son. And giving him the plans for what needs to be done. In essence, what I'm saying is that if you're not a son, you will not join the building. If you're a son, title or no title, it will be your heart's desire to build the church and to build something for the Lord. Rise up on your feet. Lift up your two hands. Amen. I want you to pray that God will make you a son that builds. Or rather that you can be a son that can be used for building something. I think that's a powerful prayer. Look at me for a minute. It's so sad that there are people killing themselves in foreign lands. If you want to understand what I'm teaching, 
somebody is in the US, somebody is in the UK doing mundane jobs, back-breaking jobs. Sometimes they'll gather a lot of money, they'll send to a family member, someone they, they, they are actually supposed to trust. Buy me a land, build me a house. Yeah? Do this for me. A lot of times when they return, there's nothing. There's nothing. You know that family is not really blood. If you look at this, one man sent money to Ghana for many years. Thousands and thousands of dollars. When he returned and he saw the house that his brother, not his brother, said he was building. He was sending photos. You know, they have a way to send photos. They always go and take somebody's building. The man saw the house. He collapsed. He collapsed. Then when he regained consciousness, he cursed the building and he left Ghana and for almost about 15 years, he's never returned to that place when he saw the building. You see, what I'm telling you is that for anything to work, you need loyal people. Somebody who's loyal to you. Some of you, if you have a friend who sends you money now, so I want you to help me do this. You will see it as your breakthrough. Can you be trusted? That even when you're hungry, you will still make sure you do what is expected of you. Loyalty. There are people before you could designate, oh, give this to apostle. Today you can't trust them with anything. They're criminals. <laughs> are you here? Is it, it, it makes it even more obtuse when you realize that even my family, I can't trust. Or a brother or a sister. They get it. And that's why we all must pray for a genuine heart. Genuine sonship. Can I be used for something as important as building something? I was somewhere yesterday and a young man who works at a place was trying to use me to become disloyal to where he's earning his daily bread, I was shocked. I was shocked. And there are many such people all around. If you leave somebody over your business who is not truly connected to you, you will not find a business when next you visit. Are you that kind of a person? Some of you, somebody makes a mistake and leave you with their shop. You rob the shop, close the shop, disappear. You see, what I'm saying is not far-fetched from people even in the church. 
I've seen shepherds, people call shepherds, who were not accountable. The reason our Christianity is not admired by anybody is because all of us are maybe even worse than the people in the world. At the workplace, when people are colluding to dupe your boss, you are the chief planner. So you see, when we take this man, we're going to put it and take, you're the chief planner. And I'm teaching the people who should be distinct, who should be separate, and who should be different. Let me say this to you. If you are my church member, wait. And after all this teaching, I come here say, then arrest you. Eh? For what? Fraud. Then you are, you too, you are so bereft of wisdom that you call me. That apostle, I've been arrested. Where are you? Area, area, area what? In that area. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 they are asking for so, so, and so, you know, to, 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 listen, let me tell you up front. I won't help you. I won't help you. I've had people live, of all my teaching, you still go and do those things. Then when there's trouble, if that's the reason you leave the church, please come for transport money. Help you, give me transport money. Come for transport money. I'll give you transport, leave. What kind of a Christian doesn't want to make a change in this world? I had a church member who prayed for a job. She got one at Subway. When she was transferred from the branch to another branch, when she got there, there was a cartel. They sell for the owners up to a certain time. Then from a certain time, they sell for themselves. Then at the end of the day, they all sit down, put the money together and share. The supervisor got the higher percentage. This one got this. So when my member went in there, they added her to the group. She said, no, she doesn't want. Then she started seeing how much they were making daily. Instead of resisting, my member plunged into this deal and started benefit, not knowing to my member that the owners of the company were already auditing the company and they knew what was going on. Some of you, you are, if you are not called to be a criminal, don't, don't, don't try you alone, you have come already. The enterprise is about to be. So the next time I saw my member in the church, on a weekday, in a corner, I said, ah, this, is, this one doesn't even come to church. You know, there are some people, once they have a job, they, you don't even see them. She was one of those people. Very busy. On a particular day, I saw this member say, ah, what are you doing here? So I decided to go into the matter. She didn't want to tell me. But then, the mother said, hmm, this is what happened. Oh. This is what happened. Huh? You see, you can't be taught this and then you are part of what makes others feel like Christianity is a waste of time. I listen to me. Huh? So I want us to pray for a genuine heart 
genuine spirit to be different types of Christians against all odds you want to make your master happy not your pastor your master are you listening to me yeah? lift up your two hands and pray for faithfulness as a spirit pray for faithfulness or anything connected to faithfulness lift your voice and pray lift your voice and pray I want to hear you pray for the spirit of faithfulness I cannot hear you pray for faithfulness I'm not hearing you lift your voice child of God pray for faithfulness If you don't pray for faithfulness, it's difficult to walk in faithfulness. If you don't pray for commitment, you may never walk in commitment. Lift your voice and pray for it. Lord, we cry for the spirit of faithfulness. Faithfulness, wherever we find ourselves. Faithfulness in any atmosphere or environment. Make us faithful and dependable. We pray for faithfulness towards your house, your church. Child of God, lift your voice and pray. We pray for faithfulness, Lord. That I may walk faithful in your house. As it was said of Moses that he was faithful in all of your house. My Lord, my God, give me a faithful heart, a faithful spirit. Raise faithful sons, faithful daughters in this place, in this city, in this nation. Faithfulness, O oh Lord. The spirit of faithfulness. We pray for the spirit of faithfulness. Child of God, cry for the spirit of faithfulness that we will be faithful, Lord. Faithful, 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 faithful spirit. Pour a faithful spirit on us. Even in our, our places of work. Let us be faithful, O oh God. Faithful, O oh Lord. Faithful, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We receive the spirit of faithfulness to become faithful. The spirit of faithfulness to stay faithful. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the Word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.